Hey, Potabingers, quick announcement. This episode was recorded earlier this year in March. Some of the topics we talk about are a little dated. FYI, enjoy. I'm Vic Singh, and you're listening to Potabing, a podcast that breaks down every episode of The Sopranos one at a time. We also do a Sopranos trivia show every now and then on the same feed, so be sure to check that out too. And if you want to play, DM at Potabing on Instagram. Please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get shows. And if you like what we're doing, please spread the word. If you'd like a pictorial and caption companion to the podcast, follow at Potabing on Instagram. And as always, thank you for listening and being part of this journey. Coming up is my conversation with Angelo Masagli. Angelo played Bobby Jr. on the show. He was one of the few characters on the show who, in many ways, grew up and came of age on the set. Today, Angelo's a law student in South Florida. He took time out of his final year of law school to reminisce Sopranos with me. Many thanks to Angelo for that. So here it is. Enjoy and thanks. So, Angelo, thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, man. No, it's, it was... Uh... I'm I'm glad I saw your message. I um I'm in my third year of law school now, so I've been kind of cruising LinkedIn trying to you know set something up for myself when I graduate. And I saw your saw your message, and I was like, uh, you know, I'm like, I w- it was unexpected. So I was like, I'd love to talk about my time with the Sopranos. So that's awesome, and uh, congratulations on almost finishing law school. I've been there, and I know what you're going through. Um, I, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I found you on LinkedIn because I couldn't find you anywhere else. So it was it was it was very fortuitous that we connected and uh, happy to chat Sopranos with you. And thanks for going down memory lane a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So you were a child actor on The Sopranos, essentially. What's the story? How did it come about? How did it happen? How did it all go down for you? Yeah, well, I mean, leading up to The Sopranos, I had acted for a couple years already. I started acting when I was four. Um, started out with commercials, um, you know, uh, what I did, Tropicana, Halls, Olive Garden, like little things like that. I remember when I was a kid and then eventually I started graduating to auditioning for TV roles and like some small spots in movies. And, um, I think I was 10 years old at the time, nine, 10 years old. Uh, I went on an audition for the Sopranos and, um, they gave me a call back, went on the call back and then, uh, that was it. I was Bobby Jr. And it was, uh, it was such a, I mean, the show, it was going into its fourth season. So it was, you know, already a pretty, you know, it was a huge show. So it was, it was a big get for me. And, um, yeah, it was super exciting. So yeah, it was kind of a, I was, I was acting for a while up until that point and it just, you know, it all came together. Did you like, like doing commercials? Like obviously as like a four-year-old, it's kind of hard to to articulate, I have a five-year-old now, and I can't even imagine like <laughs> like what would be going through your mind. Did your Did your parents act like? Where, how did it become part of your family culture? I guess. Yeah, no, no one in my family ever acted before. I was just a little smart-ass kid with big cheeks, and they're like, you know, he's uh, he's cute. Maybe we can get him on television. So, I mean, we're from I'm from New York, so I was kind of you know close enough to everything that I could have gotten involved. Um, they brought me around to a bunch of different agents and then I ended up with an agency and just started going on auditions. I think my first audition was for a Ziploc commercial and I, and I, and I booked it. And from there it just kind of flew for me and I, I, I loved it. You know, I was so young, like kind of like what you, you know, what you were hinting at. I was so young. I didn't really appreciate exactly what I was doing. It was almost like, 
like when people ask me that question, I, I say it's almost like when you're a parent and you're, and you're getting your kids to play sports. So let him try soccer, see if he likes it. Let him try football, see if he likes it, baseball, et cetera. I tried acting and it just, I was like, all right, cool. It, it, it never, um, it was never pressured on me. It wasn't like a, you know, it's like a stage kid or anything like that, you know, but it was just something, hey, you want to try this? Never felt unnatural. Yeah, it just felt right. You know, I was, you know, I was comfortable speaking with people and getting in front of the camera and it kind of just, like you said, yeah, it came natural to me. So yeah, no, I, I I love doing the commercials leading up to it. Do you remember anything about the Sopranos audition? Can you take us back there? Like, what was it like for a ten year old? Is there anything that you can remember or piece together from that time? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I, I definitely knew the gravity of the audition. You know, I knew like I had heard were your parents hyped up about it? Did they watch the yeah, show? For, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, as you know, it's, I'm sure you can tell by my name. I'm from a very heavy Italian of course, family, yeah. so. Um, trying out for the Sopranos is, you know, they were like, this is hilarious. I mean, this kid isn't even really acting right now. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is, just, you know, he, he kind of like, you know, walks the walk, talks the talk, kind of like, you know, had that vibe about me. Um, the audition itself, I don't remember as clearly, but what I do remember was the first read through that I sat in for. Um, and I remember getting, we, I, I can't remember where they had it. It was some club. I don't know if it was in Connecticut or Jersey. And they had a room and we all sat around and went through the, my, my first episode on the show. And I remember sitting next to Steve Shripa, who, you know, played my father in the show. And we looked exactly alike. And it was like, it was like, I was looking at it. And I'm like, I can see this guy being my, you know, like passing off as my dad. Yeah. And yeah. It was, um, and that was a big moment for me. Yeah. So, I mean, did I, was I nervous? I wasn't really nervous. I kind of just took it like I did everything else, but I definitely understood how big the show was. And then even at the reading, you know, cause again, like I, like I said before, it was right around the fourth season. So, I mean, Sopranos by that point was like a well-oiled machine. I mean, they were a family by then and me coming in as kind of like an outsider, you know, to become a, you know, a character for the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, they were great about kind of letting me in and making me feel comfortable, even as a 10 year old kid and, you know, their environment, you know? So what are some of your favorite memories from that time, from your experience on the show that you can share with listeners being there, uh, conversations, encounters, interactions, maybe something silly that happened behind, you know, behind the scenes, anything that you can remember, uh, when you look back on that time of your life? Yeah. Like it's all, it's all little moments, you know? Um, I mean, I remember the first, my, I think my first, scene that i did for them i was at at uncle june's house you know so like everyone was you know you know dominic was there james was there steve was there and it was a scene it was a small little line i had i was bitching about how uncle june didn't have cable or something like that he doesn't even have cable no complaining that's what it was i was a pain in the ass little kid but i remember sitting there and you know in in between takes you're kind of sitting you're waiting for everyone to change the set and you know there's a lot of dead time in between and I would just try to make conversations with, you know, whoever was on set, you know, and try to talk about something. I'll never forget. I, I was talking to James and he was kind of sitting there just listening to me, which he was very gracious at doing. So he didn't have to do that. You know, he would sit there and entertain me while I was talking. I remember I asked him, I was like, Oh, so James, you know, who's your, who's your favorite actress? And he, without even thinking twice, he goes, uh, Edie Falco. And at that point I was new to the show. So I didn't make the connection that that was Camilla. So I was like, it was Edie Falco. And I remember going, I remember looking it up later. It was like, Oh my God, duh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean like things like that. And then even, you know, um, they always had me do some funny scenes too. You know, I felt like my, what little spots I had on the show was kind of comic relief a little bit, you know, yeah. I got locked in the garage, 
uh, you know, the, the, the seance scene, you know, where, you know, Anthony Jr., you know, scared the shit out of me in his room. You know, it was... Some those always, Yeah, those are always fun. And it was just fun because everyone, you know, it's something we could all laugh at. And, yeah, they, they, they always gave me nice, like, juicy little roles. Like, little, but, like, stuff that people always remember me for when they recognize me, if they still do nowadays. But, of course. Yeah, it was, so... Uh, so you obviously didn't watch the show. You you're on a show that you couldn't watch. When di- <laughs> did you eventually watch it? And when did you eventually watch it? Yeah, well, actually, um, when it would air on Sundays, I would sit in my room and hang out. My parents would watch in the living room. And when I would come on, they'd be like, Ange, Ange, you're on. I would run out of my room and go and I would see myself. And they're like, all right, get the hell out of here. And I would run out. You know, obviously, you know, I wouldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. watch the show. And then... I didn't actually watch the show in its entirety until a long time after. I actually watched the show because like, I watched it in piecemeal ever since. Yeah. Um, but about maybe two years ago, I took it upon myself to watch it from beginning to end. I was 24 at that point. So um, that's a good that age. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you know, what? I think it's time I can watch it and appreciate it really for what it is with a more, you know. Would a would, you know with a better eye for what I'm watching than it would have if I was a kid. So uh, yeah, I, I I saved it. I saved it for later. But uh, I got my kicks and you know while I was young, seeing what I could, and I got to at the premieres. I would I would be able to see um, a full episode here and there and indulge. But yeah, no, I saved it for later on. Well, those must have been fun for a you know for a preteen to go to uh, show premieres like that. Did you were you at any of the Radio City events? Yeah, I was. That's I was, awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was really something. I mean, you know, I I'll apologize to my parents here because they obviously would come with me, you right. know, me being kid and all. And you know, these things would go late for a, a you know ten year old kid. Yeah. It'd be eleven, twelve o'clock, and be like, oh man, I'm tired. And my dad would look at me like, are you fucking kidding? Like, do you yeah. see where we're at right now? And I'd be like, oh, I want to go home to the room, you know. And they're like, no, I think we're going to stay a little longer. I see, you know, I see Carrie Bradshaw and Mr. Big over there. And I'll go say hello to them. And, you know, it was always like star studded. You know, of I, remember, I remember running into John Bon Jovi at one and I was like starstruck. And I was, I was like, what the hell? I'm like, what did I get myself into? But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I did go to uh, I did go to all the premieres for the seasons that I was involved in, which was always great. What was life like for you immediately after the show in terms of a career, in terms of opportunities, or just in terms of life in general? Did it, was it dramatically different? Was it pretty much the same? Or talk about that time immediately after. Yeah, I mean, I would say it was pretty much, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't entirely life altering because I got, I got two big roles right at the same time. You know, I got, you know, I got this, my Sopranos role as Bobby Jr. And I got, um, I played this one of the security guards in School of Rock. I got both of those roles right around the same time. So those are two are probably like if someone were to ask me my two biggest accomplishments as an actor, because I acted for about 15 years. Yeah, I would say those those are the two. So those came right at the same time. It was a really active time for me. And then since The Sopranos, um, I, I guess probably the only change was the type of things I was auditioning for after. So I wasn't really auditioning for commercials as much anymore as I was, you know, maybe a little spot on law and order or, you know, some new sitcom that was coming out or some new drama. And I would do little bit spots here and there, you know, it was always a good conversation piece, you know, at school. And, you know, when I would, uh, it was, it was huge for my college applications. You know, I, I put, I definitely, you know, highlighted that when I was applying to schools, but nice. Especially um, if you're applying to schools in the tri-state area, I'm sure. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely got some traction. I mean, I ended up, um, for undergrad, I, I ended up going to Northeastern in Boston, actually, when it was all said and done. I applied to a bunch of different schools, but I ended up in Boston. Um, but, you know, they, they have their appreciation for the Sopranos as well. So it definitely, you know, it definitely transferred over my, my cloud, you know. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, life, life was pretty much, you know, the same. Because, again, I, I had grown up acting already. Yeah. for a, a good amount of time so it kind of just felt natural to to start and end the, that show so did you study acting in college no i ended up so when i when i was 18 i remember kind of sitting at a crossroads and thinking am i going to entirely commit to acting for the rest of my life or am i going to make another move or you know learn something new in case this doesn't you know pan out for the long run so i kind of i kind of went somewhere in the middle. I, I went to school as an English major and I, I, you know, I minored in, you know, business studies, which is kind of just like, you know, if you're minoring in business, you get all the kind of the main one-on-one classes to understand. Sure. And then I kind of went in with the idea that I wanted to be a talent agent just because, you know, my experience in the industry, I wanted to do it, but maybe on the other side of the camera, something more business related. So I kind of had my eye on law school since, I was 18, 19 when I decided to stop acting. Yeah. So, um, I kind of, I made a hard turn and I started looking at things from a more, you know, business or industry perspective, uh, rather than an actor. And is that what you're, you're about to graduate? Is that kind of the world that you still want to be in or are you still kind of fluid or figuring it out or, you know, whatever they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. What do I want to be when I grow up? Uh, so I've, I've moved away from being a talent agent per se. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to be in, you know, in, in the entertainment industry as a lawyer, whether that turns into something with music lately, because the stuff I've been focusing on is music related. You know, I worked at Sony music over the summer, you know, working on licensing and stuff like that for them. Um, basically what I come back to at the end of the day is I want to work with artists. That's kind of like my, you know, that's my calling card. You know, that's something that when I feel like I'm straying from my path to what I want to do and it gets a little hazy and confusing, I just remember this is what I want to do. I want to work with artists and talent because I feel like I understand them and I feel like I'm doing well enough with the actual, you know, nuts and bolts of the legal education to help artists when I, you know, where I can, how I can, you know, because again, I kind of have that, that intuitive, I guess, um, ability to work with them because yeah, I, I've, I've been around artists my entire life you've you know? been there and you've been one for many for many years so it's it's a yeah. natural natural comfort place where are you now are you in my are you in florida yeah i'm actually i'm in miami okay. I'm at the university of miami i'm at their law school here um current plan is to make my way back up to new york like, i'm looking forward to getting back home that was my um, next question are you taking the new york bar exam this summer that's the plan taking okay. the new york bar exam yeah so uh yeah, so I'll be back up. Uh, I'll be back up north, and maybe I'll see if I can get myself into the into the prequel or something like that. Maybe I can. Oh yeah, there's still there's still time. <laughs> they're they're they did a casting call for um, the lot of uh, a lot of extras. I think they got the main the main roster rounded out, but they uh, they're still looking for people. If David Chase's name is behind it, I have full faith it's going to be of the quality that you know he's made himself known for. I mean, uh, you know he. He was just, I mean, even on set, just watching him work. I remember I used to like, I used to ask him so many questions. I, I was going to ask you that. I was, did, did you have any encounters with David Chase and can you share them? But I figured because you were so young, maybe you didn't, but you, sounds like you did. And I'd love to hear him. Yeah. I had 
funny. I mean, he, um, you know, because, again, I started the show when I was 10. And I was on until the end. So that includes, like, the hiatus they had. Yeah. So I kind of grew up a little bit with the show. By the yeah. time I was done, I was around 14. So, I, you know, I was, you know, getting to, into my teens, you know, when I was with them. And I just remember Your you angsty know, I spent phase. a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I spent a lot of time when he was on set. I'd love to just kind of, and he, again, just kind of like what I said about James too, and everyone on the cast for that matter, everyone always gave me, treated me like an adult, no matter whether I was 10, 11, 12, like I was treated with, you know, respect as a professional and, you know, none of my questions were, were, were silly, you know, when, when he was directing me on something and I would ask him something back, maybe I should try this instead of looking at me like, oh, this kid doesn't know what he's, he, know what he's doing, he would always give me, make me feel um, confident or, you know, sure with what I was asking and saying. And I'll always appreciate that. He actually, he wrote a recommendation letter for me for undergrad. So I mean, that's something else that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. He, you know, he took the time to write a letter for my applications. Um, kind of just based off of that relationship that I'm telling you now. Just, you know, just... I always took the time to talk to him when I could and when we were sharing time on the set and he was really gracious with his time. So I definitely appreciate that. That's so cool. You probably, um, I would say can confidently go on record and say that you probably had the best well-written letter of recommendation that anybody has ever had because between the show and between uh, his eulogy for uh, James Gandolfini, you can tell that he knows what he's doing with the pen. So that's really cool. He, he wrote, I mean, he wrote, a recommendation for me it couldn't be more than a page yeah. short to the point yeah. but so like so like no wasted words it was really perfect did I mean, you get to like, see you know, it yeah oh yeah, that's awesome that's awesome yeah, i was able i was able to see because he sent it and uh my dad hangs on oh well you know my parents like you know they hang on to it to this day my dad has a frame that they like it, it even made him emotional and he's not the most emotional guy in the, in the world right he read it and he's just like you know it's uh yeah it was it was it was really something it that's was really, really cool they always made me feel special on set, which was great. Um, I'm going to finish up with the lightning round. Favorite episode? Favorite episode. Man, okay, good question. Um, let me see. For me, the episode, I can't remember the exact name of the episode. The episode where Christopher's in the hospital and he has the conversation with Paulie Walnuts about purgatory is probably one of my favorite scenes in, in, in the whole show. It's when, a great episode. It's just, I mean, it's, you know, you, you're you're laughing, you're taking it. It's, it's just such a mix of emotions when you're seeing him go through that. And uh, that's probably one of my favorite moments, probably one of my favorite episodes. But, you know, for the show, a lot of it for me were, were moments that stood out even more than episodes. Because again, like I said, growing up in an Italian-American family, they hit those notes so well on the little things. I remember there was a scene where Paulie Walnuts, he, he, he ordered espresso and someone with him, I think, put the lemon rind in their espresso. He's like, oh, what are you, what are you, just got to it's like, you know, what, why, someone touched it with their fingers, you going to put it in your coffee? I'm like, I've seen someone do that. Like, yeah. I've, like, I've, like, I have an uncle who has that same concern, you know? It's yeah, like yeah, a ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, so for me, it was more moments and episodes, and I'm going to say it off the top of my head. That, that would be the one. Oh, that's cool. That's great. And I love that it's personal for everybody has their own unique experience with the show. It sounds ridiculous to say that, but it actually isn't. It is like you said, these little moments that actually make it rewatchable and why it's a, everybody can kind of like anchor to a personal, uh, they can tie it. There's some personal moment that happens in the show that they, that they cling to. And it's really cool. And it's been really special to be able to hear all those stories. And what music are you listening to right now? Music? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I am currently 
you know, every year I try to make a, a playlist of, you know, kind of like the top stuff that I'm listening to right now. Uh, <laughs> me and my friends were listening to that. I like I juice world. Yeah. You've heard, you've heard. yeah he's, he's getting big. I like, he's good. I, I'm, I'm honestly just waiting for Kanye to drop whatever he's been working on with his Sunday service. I'm a huge, uh, I'm a big Kanye disciple. I've seen that guy live five times. He's, wow. uh, I just, I've, I've, grown up he was my first concert I, I i went to go see him for uh on his graduation tour so i'm kind of just a big just just another just sentimental you know it's i grew up listening to him so i'm kind of just waiting to see what he's coming out with next so what is this uh what's this yandi thing i'm seeing is that the name of the new album or is that just like a yeah i I, I guess we won't know for sure that like, that's what he said the new album is going to be called but he's been releasing these snippets every sunday of him doing like gospel, like choir renditions of his, some of his old songs. I think he's going to do this at Coachella, um, which I'm sure that's probably where some announcement is going to be made as to what he's going to put out. So, you know, nothing's ever, you know, straight and narrow with him. So I'll wait, you know, I'll wait to see. I'm sure it'll be worth it. It always is. What are your go-to apps on the front page of your phone? Um, Instagram. Okay. Um, New York Times. I pop onto that as much as I can to stay up. I it was Twitter, but I actually just gave myself a Twitter timeout. I I deleted it off my front screen because I found myself spending a crazy amount of time on it. You know, your phone tracks and tells you how much time you're spending on it now. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I saw my number and I was like, I need to start. I, I need to start removing myself from uh, from some things. So th- those are my. Top it low key shames you into realizing how much other productive stuff you could have been doing, right? Yeah, I was I was talking to my friends, ironically on GroupMe, so I'm still using my phone. But I was talking to my good friends from home, and uh, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna delete Twitter and you know Snapchat, and I can't get rid of Instagram yet because I'm I'm a little vain. I can't get rid of my uh, can't get rid of my lights, you know. But um, I was like, you know, every time I would have the urge to pick up the phone to look at Twitter, I was gonna pick up a book and read a chapter. So that's what I've been doing. I've been crushing books right now in my. Uh, you know, in, in my rehab, my self-imposed rehab, but, uh, yeah. So kind of just the, you know, this, the, it's more, uh, what am I not using out my apps right now than what I am using? But, what you was know. the last good thing you read? The last good thing I read. Um, uh, let me think. I, I want to give you a good answer. I'm reading a book right now. It's called, it's called the bridge of clay. Really, really good. Um, what's it about? I picked up. It's about, it's about five brothers that are kind of on their own. Their mom died when they were young and their dad, you know, walked away on them um, when they were young. You're not really sure why yet. He kind of tells you in layers how, um, how that all came to be. But I guess like, I have, I, you know, I have a younger brother and this author is, he just does a really good job of talking about how brothers get along and, you know, love each other through thick and thin. It's kind of like a tough love. And like, a, you know, I, I just relate to what he's talking about. And, you know, me and my brother are super close. So I just appreciate kind of how he, anecdotally brings that to the brings that to the top but yeah i mean aside from that i, I read um i read keith richard's book recently which was awesome yeah, that, that was good book. yeah yeah it came out yeah, a while ago that. though right the, the, there's not a hasn't been a new one yeah 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 no 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 not current yeah it's definitely the one you're thinking of I, I read that recently and it was awesome it's a good ride but uh i'm always trying to read something i always trying to have one book in rotation at all times so you know, it's always good finally what are you watching right now that you're really into well, wait for Game of Thrones to come back. I want to say loyal to HBO, you know, yeah, my uh, former employer. But um, what else am I watching? Um, there's a lot of sports. You know, it's like, you know, it's March Madness right now. So he's keeping up with my sports. And 
I'm a big NFL fan, so even in the offseason, I'm looking to see who the Jets are going to draft. I was going to so, say, are you a Giants fan or a Jets fan? I'm a Jets fan, and okay. uh, one of my one of my claims to fame on Sopranos was when I was supposed to stay home and watch a Giants game with my dad. I said, fuck the Giants, yeah. which has plagued me in New York since. Everyone's <laughs> like, what's the matter with the Giants? I was yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm acting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, nothing... Uh, Nothing too groundbreaking right now. Just the usual, uh, just the usual, you know, ones in rotation. I feel like a lot of people are probably watching the same things. Well, hopefully, if with respect to Game of Thrones, the world of the living can uh, overcome the the White Walkers. We shall see. God, I, 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 I need something to smile about on I know. TV. You know? Can't Seriously. watch my guys look like that. So we'll see. Angelo, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. Take care. 